0: what's up you guys sean ross at fightful.com here with a name you know but now you know him by a bit of a different name the former cheeseburger now the world famous cb how's it going
1: yeah, Sean, Sean. Like I was saying, I'm glad we finally get to do this. Like uh, we've been Twitter friends, I guess, for a <laughs> while, but we've never done an interview together.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. And and I mean, when I thought about that, I was like, man, that's mind boggling because there's so so much stuff that you've done, yeah. and I haven't had the opportunity to ask you about. So I mean, there's going to be some stuff that I'm sure you, you you've answered ad nauseum. But uh, <laughs> man, you you've done an awful lot. I mean, you've been with Ring of Honor since like what 2015 now. No, no, since uh, 2010, actually. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, 2010. I started uh, at the ROA's Dojo in 2010, and I I started training at, like, 17 there. And then oh. I was just going to all the shows, helping out. And my first official, like, Ring of Honor match was 2013, though.
0: My gosh. So you've seen, you've seen things come. You've seen them go. You've seen oh, yeah. regime changes. You've seen all that. And oh. right now you all have the, the power of – of a syndication company behind you guys. I always say it's very easy to watch Ring of Honor. Like, they make it incredibly easy. It helps when the syndication company that broadcasts you is like, yeah, put it on your website, too. I mean, that's good for us. Uh, The the commercials still run on there. It's so easy to watch it. What have you noticed changed the most since you first got to Ring of Honor?
1: Uh, Just the scale of everything. Uh, When I started, I came in start training like right at the tail end of hd net so i was a like my first ring of honor weekend doing ring crew was those last hd net tapings at the uh the arena and just seeing how that was run and uh from a ring crew perspective also from a production perspective uh television perspective all that to see like how it's progressed and just like with the when sinclair first took over the company, like. How our TV show looked and the feel of it, and then just seeing us get better cameras, uh, bigger stage, uh, better graphics, like uh, better editing, all of that stuff, uh, and bigger arenas, bigger crowds, everything. It's I I I've seen the transition from the uh, highest of highs with us to like the lowest of lows, like the highest of highs again to the lowest of lows of that whole peak, all those peaks and valleys. I was there for.
0: And there, there have been a lot of different production methods from, from the HDNet stuff to Destination America, Comet to, to Sinclair Broadcasting. like there's a lot of different stuff there. You'll have appeared on a lot of different things, but uh, one, of, one of the things that has changed for you, as I mentioned on the top of the show, is, is your name. What motivated that change for you?
1: Uh, it was just a product of I was sitting around for so long during the lockdown, during that initial like eight-month lockdown. And I I knew at I knew like a year before that I wanted to kind of move on from cheeseburger, uh, but I just didn't know how to start the process. It, it's kind of hard to just kind of reset when you're in the middle of doing something and being booked all the time as that. But when lockdown with no shows, I was like, Oh, well, this is a chance for me to finally take that step and reinvent myself and kind of move on and just figure out how to take the cheese, like the aspects of cheeseburger and kind of evolve them, mature them a, a bit. And, Evolve into a more serious uh, character, but like the, the the term I like to use with it is Cheeseburger was kind of a character who was also a wrestler, but now World Famous CB is a wrestler who is also a character.
0: I love that, and I mean we've seen this happen before, like EC3. I, I don't even think he goes by Ethan Carter the Third anymore. I think he goes by nah. just <laughs> EC3. So I mean, like like it is a natural progression, and uh, so when, when you when you have a name like Cheeseburger, I mean, obviously, there was some charm to that, too, because you're, you're a thin guy, and it's like, okay, Cheeseburger, we yeah. get it. You became right. became, <laughs> became beloved for that as well, but, I mean, also, you're advancing into a new stage of your career, like, and I want to talk about the pure rules stuff later on, but obviously, you're, you're training nonstop. You've been wrestling for over a decade now. It seems yeah. like a natural evolution and a natural progression, and you— not just wanting to stick to this one thing that maybe people found you with.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, uh, one of those things where it's like, all right, I've been doing, I I started my first match for ring of honor was 2013. And I was kind of like the star of the cheeseburger character. And that just happened completely by accident. That was just completely, I did the segment with Charlie Haas and he beat me up and he called me cheeseburger on the mic and fans start chanting. I mean, that was was already my nickname in the locker room anyway, but he just called me and people started chanting it and, my boss was like, Oh, we might have something here. And I, I remember right away thinking like, Oh man, I got to wrestle with cheeseburger. this cheeseburger. It's going <laughs> to suck. <laughs> but it like, it, it got me like so many opportunities just because it was the thing I always heard about cheeseburger would be like, especially if I did like small indie shows they'd be like, Oh man, like my kid, like really liked that guy named cheeseburger or, he, or we remember your name because it was cheeseburger. Uh, or like he came out with like the burger hat or had burgers in your gear. So it was always memorable for people. It was fun. Uh, People really enjoyed it. Uh, They supported me for so long as it. um, But I knew, like, for me personally, I was like, I'm not satisfied just kind of coasting on that, I guess. And I knew that Cheeseburger was always going to kind of be a barrier to the success that I wanted to have, like the like moving up the card, uh, winning championships, like all that. I knew I could do it as Cheeseburger, but it was going to be kind of like trying to progressed with like an anchor tied to me so I I just knew it was time to make a change and thankfully I'm I'm glad people have uh have supported it thus far
0: so I mean did did, was there ever a point that you had regretted using that name or were you just like man the positive outweighs the negative this helped me out so much and again you mentioned those positive interactions like there are a few things that can replicate like a kid being like I like you that that inspired me that was cool that was memorable because I mean that's that ultimately takes you back to why you love wrestling to begin with right
1: yeah i i hated it the first uh it took me a while to come around to it. be honest i don't (laughs) think people actually realize like how like right away uh from like 2013 to maybe about like maybe about like my first tour of japan was probably when i first started so i kind of come around to it where like I when I realized like how much like the Japanese crowd like loved it so for I guess they about like 2013 to like 2016 like I was just like man I I don't know about this like uh, and then like once I like
0: got to Japan like,
1: people like really embraced the cheeseburger I was like okay maybe this is like this is actually like this actually like working
0: and speaking of Japan I mean I, I'll never forget that that New Japan Rumble I mean what's <laughs> what's it like to get that call that you're going over there because I mean. <laughs> I remember, you know, it's one of those those in the wee hour of the morning things and like Twitter exploded with positivity. <laughs> they were like, He's here What cheeseburger's here like and I'm sure that when you logged on it was it was an explosion as well. But please walk me through getting that call and just being told, Hey, you're gonna go to the Tokyo Dome.
2: It it
1: was man i i still remember it to this day i was just sitting in my room and i get um i get a call from uh from my boss uh all right no, i get a call from actually jeff jones i think he calls me and then he's like hey i'm gonna put you on a, a three-way call with uh with delirious i'm like okay and i'm like right away i'm like all right a three-way call with two people from the office that's uh am i get like fired or something i'm like <laughs> I'm like that's like i like never like like, "Oh, that's kind of weird so then they they call me and they're like oh yeah they're uh you know new japan wants to you know bring you over at the, uh, and that's a whole other story i can get into like why they brought me to the dome sure. in the first place but um they called me they're like hey new japan wants to bring you over to the dome like uh, like your your book for uh your book for the tokyo dome uh, so like i remember just like sitting there just in like like my jaw like dropped like just sitting there and like oh and they were like oh hey are you still there like <laughs> i'm like i'm just like speechless like i almost like dropped the phone out of my hand because Going to, even before wrestling, I always, uh like, wanted to go to Japan, and then when I got into wrestling, like, my goal was never, like, say, like, I mean, I thought it would be cool, but my goal was never, like, to get to WWE, it was always to wrestle in Japan, that was the style of wrestling I was a fan of, like, you know, New Japan, like, All Japan, uh and, you know, especially guys like Liger, like, Great Sasuke, like, Ultimate Dragon, like, all those guys, I, they made me really fall in love with wrestling, going to Japan was, always always like that top dream for me
0: and uh so so i mean yeah explain to us like why why you were going there was it something different was it something besides the new japan rumble
1: so it was the way i the way the initial first tour happened and i I like to tell this to my students because it's actually like a a really good lesson in terms of just like how to treat people and how to be helpful to people and how to just kind of like try and help people but not expect anything. Mm-hmm. Um so like when New Japan guys were coming, I think they first came twenty fourteen, they came in twenty fifteen and I went over twenty sixteen. So twenty fourteen they were staying in King of Prussia, I believe. Uh like and I was kind of like the closest like person like in on the roster like to them, like, especially like as a student at the time. Um and it was just like, hey, these guys are here for like the next few days in King of Prussia. Like can you help them out. They need like a ride anywhere. If they want to go like Philly or something like that, like you take them around. Like, uh, so I was like, sure. So I was kind of like their, their ride while they were here for a few, like a few off days. And, um, you know, me and my friend, we took them to Philly. We showed them around. They wanted to see all the, uh, like a bunch of the guys that were there at the time. They wanted to see all the stuff from Rocky. Uh, we took them to a a bunch of monuments from Rocky and I think something else in, 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 Philly. We took them to like the Rocky statue, like Rocky's house, like, Mickey's gym like Adrian's pet like all that stuff they wanted to just kind of go around and see everything um and you know they were very very you know all the guys there in New japan are awesome they were very thankful so then when they came back in 2015 it was just like hey uh like you want to like take care of them again you want to like show them around and everything so I just became kind of that person that was like all right uh they trust you to kind of show them around and kind of take care of them while they're here uh and just make sure they get to the shows and everything and and take care of them during the off days so um and then that a few months later I got the call from the Tokyo Dome and, and literally wow. I was told like they booked me like for the Tokyo Dome just as like a thank you for like hey, thank you for taking care of us for That's
0: awesome. Yeah. That's so, yeah,
1: that, that it, it just yeah.
0: That it is just, so I, cool.
1: And I never would have been my wildest dreams except for that.
0: And then you're back the next year. I mean, well, you're back the next night, then you're back the next yeah. year and new year's dash for that. And then the next year and then new year dash for that. So and they, they bring you back even more, like a couple times after that I, too.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my, I, I'm i starting to realize this now. My wrestling career is just a series of just like coincidences with like <laughs> Come So, on. I, so originally I was booked for, I was booked just for to the Tokyo Dome, the, uh, uh, just, just for sort of rumble. Mm-hmm. I wasn't originally booked for Cork in the next day in New Year's Dash, but uh, because of the reception I got, like that first step when I came out at the rumble at the Tokyo though, they ended up booking me the next day for Cork and Hall for, <laughs> and like the ten man tag. And then after that, it was just like, oh, the crowd likes this guy, so let's start bringing him back for like regular, uh, like regular Rombo appearances.
0: I love that they're just like, oh, the- good reaction. Let's put him in the ring with Liger and Tiger Mask and like Fujiwara yeah. and people like that. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, all, the lead- all the, I was like, just, that, that- man, I was like, just seeing like the line. Like, I had no idea like what I was going to do the next day. And you know? I saw a line. I- I'm like looking at the list of names. It- it's like-, like, yeah, Fujiwara, like Tiger Mask, like, like, Liger, like, I'm like, oh, man, I think uh, Saito was in there. Um, someone else was in there. Maybe it was uh, – I can't remember who the teams were. The but, like, ne- it was like – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just, like, one of those things. I'm just reading a line of I'm just like, I don't belong here right now.
0: The, the next year was even more interesting to me because, like, you're oh, yeah. in there at New Year Dash with, like, Omega and Scott Norton. Yeah. <laughs> who is, like, the nicest guy. Uh, I interviewed Scott Norton. He's so nice. I interviewed Scott Norton, and he spent the entire time putting over NWO Sting. The whole time, he was just like, oh, nice. "This guy was oh, so man. over. This guy was so over. He's wonderful, dude. He's
1: so he's such a nice guy. I, I hung out with him and his wife uh, in Japan, and there's oh my god. I, I he he's like you know super intimidating when you first meet him. With yeah. Scott Norton, he's huge, you know, but like super nice guy. And one of the things that actually like um like, every time I went to Japan, I was super nervous, Um, but I remember, like, being super nervous for, like, the second dome, and I remember, this is actually kind of a weird story, but, like, what helped kind of calm me down a little bit was I remember, like, I was kind of sitting there gorilla, and Scott Norton, I think, was going to go out either, like, after me or, like, before me, and I saw him, been his first time back in Japan for, like, a long time, and I could see, like, he was kind of, like, nervous, and that, like, kind of calmed me down, because I was like, well, all right, if, if someone, like, Scott Norton's level can get nervous too. Like, oh, like right, it's okay to be nervous. And I was kind of like, started to kind of like relax a little bit.
0: Man, that, that's amazing. And obviously there was the, the Jushin Thunder Liger thing where, I mean, you all were tied together yeah. for, for so much. Yeah. I mean, it's got to feel good that a legend like that is like, I want to be on screen with him more because quite (laughs) frankly, if Liger doesn't want to be on screen with you, he's not, you're not going to be on screen with
1: him. Oh man. He's uh, Liger is, I always say, he's like the epitome of what I think a legend is. Like he is a guy that is just, you know, obviously a fantastic wrestler has a huge career of accolades, big matches, all that, but is still so willing to not only be, humble but help the younger generation give them advice uh like just open to new ideas uh and just in general just like he like a guy of its thatcher could flex like his legend status like all he wants you know nobody would complain but he's just like just an uh just a great guy to be around and talk to and just so like just chill and like relax and so humble and just like so cool and so helpful to be around like I, i'm so glad to have that to have had that opportunity to just tag with him and like learn from him and everything. And man, he like, it was, he was my favorite wrestler. He is my favorite wrestler. Like, and I remember I was like, we were out to dinner one time and Liger wasn't there. Like with the guys, they asked me who my favorite wrestler was. and I told him it was Liger. Uh, And I was like, Oh cool. He's not here. So I can actually like say like, it's like, it's Liger, you know? Um, And then I think they, they like told him the next day. And like after we took him from Philly, he had given me like a new Japan shirt and like, like again, without well, me even like asking, he like all, like drew like a little liger picture oh, in, and cool. autographed it like like to Cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. And I mean, you're you're one of the few guys that hasn't been a WWE that has and probably hasn't hasn't been contracted technically to New Japan that worked MSG and the Tokyo Dome. I mean that that's mm-hmm. got to be really cool too. ROH did that show there, and, and your work in Madison Square Garden, and I mean all this happens within a few years of one another. I mean, what's like what's the kid in you thinking? when you're working these, these insane venues?
1: It's just like, man, uh, I, you know, I, at 17, I decided to go into wrestling school. And I remember I was like, man, I'm way too small to be a wrestler. So I'm going to train to be a manager. So I like, I initially start my training as a manager. And then we started learning wrestling and I was like, Oh, you know, I'm like really small and skinny, but picking up this like wrestling stuff really well. Like, especially like the chain wrestling stuff, which actually ties into the, Rule stuff we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh but like I was like, Man, I'm really starting to pick up this wrestling stuff. Like, oh, let me give it a try. So I asked my trainers. They're like, Oh yeah, you're doing good, you can be a wrestler. And then just, you know, I was like, Well, we'll see how this goes, but I'm probably not gonna do too well at this because I'm like super small and skinny. And just like over time just seeing people like support me and help me get to this level and having the support from, you know, my friends and family and the fans everybody and just having these opportunities to do the Tokyo, massacre guard and Corken cork and hall, and even recently going to
0: Alaska to wrestle. Like I think that That's would awesome. be a possibility, you know, um, it's how just, how has the Alaskan yeah. scene just blown up? That's amazing to me. That, it's that, awesome, that, man. That they're like every it's, few months we're going to go to Alaska.
1: It <laughs> was like, I mean, there was like, no, there was really no scene here. There was like one like really small company before, before WrestlePro like start mm-hmm. WrestlePro Alaska there was like really nothing here. Like there wasn't even a, a wrestling school here. And like the re- the, only, the only wrestling school in Alaska start two months after WrestlePro Alaska started going there regularly. Um, and like when they first started, they had like four students and that was like two years ago. And we just, I, I was just there a few days ago. Uh, um, and they, they now have like close to 30 students and like the scene is starting to boom in. They're doing monthly shows. Uh, pro is going there every few months doing these huge shows, drawing great crowds, uh, I won the first like WrestlePro Alaska Tag titles with LSD. Like it's man, it's 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 amazing out there. I, I, I really love it out there. And it's cool to see like like the the students they have there and like their crew, like they look like when WrestlePro comes like every like few months, like that's like their like uh what's the word? Like their WrestleMania. They're like, All right, everything's dropped, we're hyped, like these we're gonna we're gonna do shows and the students are wrestling shows and that's what they look forward to. And it's so awesome to kinda of see them get that opportunity, like on the bigger stage being like in the shows, being like live stream and people like around the world getting to see what they're, they've done. And they're just, I like that they're when, especially when like people like myself and like, you know, like Jay Lethal was their last tour and like a bunch of other people uh, that have been in it for a long number of years. They like they get a good array they, of people
0: they, on those shows. Yeah.
1: yeah they, and all, all the students are picking our brains. Like they're asking questions. They like, they just, they just want to get better. And they're so hungry for this. That I think that's so cool to see. Cause like, in America, not America. I, I keep saying that while I was in Alaska. I was like in America, like in the mainland, like, the lower forty-eight. Like we have so many opportunity here. So yeah. we uh, wrestling schools. Like, but that's like all they have. So I think it's cool, like how grateful they are for that.
0: You mentioned LSG, a guy that you faced recently in a pure rules match. <laughs> I love the pure rules division. Uh, you know, for for even just the reason of people who might know you just as cheeseburger and might typecast you a certain way, they see you in a pure rules match and they're like, Oh damn, look what he could do. Mike Bennett's a good example too. A lot of people typecast him for the, the way that he would wrestle in impact or WWE. And then he gets in there with Gresham and people are like, Oh damn, yeah. didn't know he could yeah. do that. And it's, it's such a unique, it's like, it's like familiar, but new. And, yeah. uh, I, I love that. I think I saw an indie show that, promoted a pure rules match recently as well i would love to see that i would love to see more of that like indie promotions picking that up and being like yeah let's ride this wave i love that that you have been working these pure rules matches with regularity lately what went into that like was it something that you went to them and said i want to do this or did they come to you and say yeah let's have you working some pure rules matches in 2021
1: uh, it was kind of one of those things where like me and my boss were on the same page because uh, that was what I was like really pushing for, uh, especially before lockdown when we were having the the pure the first pure tournament that was supposed to happen. I got yeah. shut down. Uh, I was really pushing to be in that. and like, um, and that was when I spilled cheeseburger before I even made the jump but i I was like, sure, rules are coming back. like this is what I need to do. like I know this is what I need to do. This is like what I have been waiting for like I didn't know it but this is what i was waiting for because like uh like I was saying before the first thing that I really picked up in wrestling school was chain wrestling and just like piecing holds together and transitions that was always the the thing that came easiest to me like I just like for some reason I just knew I knew like the transitions like once I like got them like I had them like I knew like how to flow different holds together and I was always like studying different things just trying different things in training that was and like when the pure roles were coming back, I was like, "All right, this is what I know I was here to do. Like, I can I can do this style. Like, this is what, and this is this is my opportunity to show people that Cheeseburger can wrestle." And then obviously that that pandemic happened. Uh, yeah. I changed more famous CB, but it ended up working out even better because, like, right when I come back, I'm right in the pure division. Like, first time they see me, it's I'm back, new gear, new look, new character. I'm against Tracy Williams, and I get to complete get to go to, go at it. Right, just get to go at it and show people like. Hey, you haven't seen me for eight months. Here's what I've been working on, and just put myself out there as a pure wrestler. And I think people are really, people are really starting to dig in. I think I'm really starting to show people that, like, hey, like, I'm not just a guy that is a funny gimmick that gets beat up all the time. Like, I am like a great technical wrestler, and I know how I can wrestle with all the best technical wrestlers in the world.
0: I mean, you're you're not even 30 yet, and you've been at it for over a decade. <laughs> so, I yeah. mean, like, that that's that's rarefied air. And I mean today, wrestling, I mean, you're seeing wrestlers hit their prime in their late 30s. So yeah. it's it's like, if you're this good now, how good are you going to be in another 10 years? Because you never stop learning. And uh, like you had said, I, I feel like it was almost like one of those happy accidents. Nothing about the pandemic is happy, but yeah. you, you came back. The pure rules were, were there. I, I felt like for you doing sort of the rebranding, the renaming, I felt like this was... I don't want to say best possible scenario case scenario because of the pandemic, but it fit all so well that it happened simultaneously.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It was just like, Hey, I'm, um, here and I'm here sitting for a hour. I like, none of us had any idea how long this was going to last, you know, obviously it's still going on. Um, but we didn't know like when ring of honor was going to come back or when indie wrestling was even going to come back. And it was one of those things where it was like, all right, well, this could be either like four weeks, like they said, or this could be probably the whole year. Um, you remember that when we were supposed to be out, of this in like four weeks. <laughs> then, like at the start, um, we, we were all yeah. like,
0: yeah, we'll be yeah. fine when it warms up and summer's here. <laughs> yeah. Oops. It was like, Oh, it was we'll just wait till summer. We'd we'll be good. <laughs> um, but,
1: uh, it was like, I either sit around and just kind of wait for this to end. Or I can like, you know, get in the gym. I started getting into shape, start putting on some size, started uh, trying to get some muscle, uh, and I can I started uh just really like dialing in on like what I want to be as a wrestler and, and really focused on what I want to be as a character, as a wrestler, like in the ring, out of the ring, how I talk, like how I look. everything. I really had a chance to just like take a step back and dial at it. And I think I I feel like I utilized my time during that lockdown very effectively to produce world famous C D
0: that, that's another thing about the pandemic. We'd see guys like you, or well, we wouldn't see guys like you or Jordan Oliver for months. And you come back, and it's like, man, they
1: got bigger. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I remember Jordan from a lot of size in the pandemic, Yeah,
0: because it's one thing to see somebody every single week, and it takes you longer to notice. But when you don't see them for four or five months, it's like, well, damn, you can tell they put time in the gym. Uh, So It
1: it, it was like – oh, sorry.
0: No, go ahead. It it was like that one – I
1: remember at one point, like, just seeing Gresham, I was like, Gresham got, like, really big. (laughs) Like, Gresham got, like, jacked – because we would see him all the time. It was like – it just, like, kind of popped up out of nowhere. It was like – when did Gresham get, like, like
0: when did Gresham get, like, so, like, jacked? He's built like a fire hydrant, man. Like, yes, he, if you if you run into him, I, you're going to fall down.
1: I, I mess with him all the time. Like, if you, like, you'll see him walking. I'm like, all right, everybody clear a path for Gresham. Like, he's walking. Like, he, he gets so mad. <laughs> yeah. He's just, like, why He's just, like, wide. He's like, all right, we've got clear a path. I, I just like to
0: imagine him and Jordan just shoulder blocking each other from opposite sides of the room and being like, oh, which, which one of y'all are going to fall down? Like
1: they have like a home gym now. It's just like they just work out all the time. Could
0: you imagine uh. the workouts in that house? God, Jeez, man, right. the deadlifting Jeez. that goes on in there, yeah, Unreal. man. So, <laughs> so when you you've been associated with a company like Ring of Honor for ten years, but you're still you're still super active on the indie scene. You're all over the place. You're working you're working GCW against uh, probably the greatest worker in the world, Nasty Leroy. Uh, <laughs> you know. Oh man! Okay, are we, we, we going? Do we
1: have a section to talk? Are we going to talk about Nasty?
0: Leroy? Yeah, of course <laughs> we are, because one of the questions when I solicited, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about recruiting talent for Ring of Honor, but uh, when are you going to put some respect on Nasty R- Leroy's chops? When's that going to happen?
1: Never. So I mean, never. Rematch, but no, his his chops were fine. He told me he has Eddie Kingston chops, and I've been
0: look. You think, think that until he goes Kingston, full Nia Jax on you next time?
1: <laughs> I. I've been chopped by some of the hardest choppers in wrestling. I've been chopped by Roger Strong. I've been chopped by uh, Haku. I've been chopped by like Kojima. Like, So why are you Matthew mentioning Leroy. them when
0: you just got chopped by Nasty no. Leroy? Why? Matthew why is, Leroy Haku, is not
1: on that level. No. Why is he, Haku
0: even in the conversation right now? That's disrespectful no. to Leroy.
1: He will He will not get any respect on his chop. I, I told him I respected him as a competitor. I had, we had a great match and a hard-fought match. But he wanted me to say I respect his chops? so I refuse to. Nope.
0: He's going to rip somebody's eyeballs out and nobody's going to talk about Haku anymore. We, we, we have a, we have a, I think we're supposed to be on a Twitter trial at some point. I forgot. I don't know oh, the date. Oh, really? We're supposed, be, we're
1: supposed to, yeah, it's supposed to, uh, uh, we're supposed to go on trial. I think Smiley posted the graphics and Tom customs.
0: And you <laughs> yeah, know, it's, it's I mean, bad, I here's guess. the thing those trials trend trend number one on Twitter. Like, not in the wrestling category, in the general category. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. That was wild. You're gonna be under yeah. a microscope. Um, that was that was a special night in the history Holy of Twitter. Crap, man. I just
1: I just remember like that was like I was like, man, just for, like one night, like the entire wrestling community somehow just got united. Like you know, <laughs> yes. uh, it didn't matter like who you were, where you were, like skin color, like like religion, like politics, all oh. that. We were all just united, enjoying this nonsense This hilarious but also awesome nonsense but it was, it was it was fun nonsense it was uh, fun nonsense and, and like you know and there's just like you know like the new day where they're like DLo brown was in there I'm big like, Swell was like, at
0: work she was at, yeah, she, the was at <laughs> she was <laughs> at aw backstage. you can hear the pa in the background <laughs> yeah. oh my oh, god unreal unreal that was a special night oh. that was a very special night so I was mentioning like you are still active outside of Ring of Honor. Are you like doing any scouting? Are you if you see somebody, are you like going back to anybody at ROH saying, like, man, this this person's worth us taking a look at? Because I mean I, I mean, I know you worked uh Wheeler Yuta in Ring of Honor and that that guy's been in crazy demand over the last six months. Like are are you taking a look at any of these people? Uh yeah, I I'm not officially, but yeah, I'll I'll come
1: back and say like hey like this dude's like really good like we should we need this person you know of course no one ever listens to me and so it's too late but, <laughs> but but i'm like hey you know like uh like hey just leave where you are you guys really awesome let's really book them and we uh and that was like a case of, like we they r- tried tried a few times yeah yeah uh, that was just bad luck but um like even like you is know, a guy like uh you know I was a big fan of and he like transferred to him like hey like this dude's like awesome like you know take a look at him and then, like he had a bunch of other people like vouching for him to apply understand which led to him being in the pure tournament and um yeah but there's a bunch of people especially like um if i have someone like at the dojo that's like really talented like you know like uh matt Mikowski trains with us now and i like i really want him in ring of honor like he fits the pure rule style like perfectly like he would be like he just he would be awesome for us and so like you know but again no one listens to me so it's okay <laughs>
0: Uh, so I, I, anytime I speak with people from Ring of Honor, I talk about this meeting that I had heard about so much. It was before the pandemic. It might have even been like late 2019. I haven't pinpointed mm-hmm. the date, but I think it really, I thought it really exemplified a new direction for Ring of Honor in them, especially listening to their talent. Because from what I heard, they flew all you guys into headquarters. They said, "What can oh, we change?" Oh, the, the summit. Yeah, they, they said, "What yeah. can we change? What should we change?" And I constantly had people saying, like, this was a turning point. They really started to listen. Like, they changed catering. They changed all kinds of stuff. What do you remember about that meeting? Because it seemed like th- there was some real high level stuff going on. And they're like, you know what? These creative people might have some ideas in their brains that might work out pretty good for our brand.
1: No, yeah, that was great. That was, the, yeah, that was um like December 2019 or like November 2019, like right before uh, Final Battle that year. And they had just like hey, like hey, we're doing this talent summit in Baltimore, and um, uh, people who are local, we uh, we drove over, and then like they flew in the like pretty much the, the entire roster because that allowed them to also do like some pre tapes for final battle as well, like the next yeah. day. So it ended up just all kind of like working out. Um, but yeah, we the whole roster was sat in like a uh, at the Sinclair headquarters, and we all were in the, the room, and they gave everybody a chance to if you want to come up and just talk about either ideas they had or just like kind of just their feelings on ring of honor as a whole you know because this was like at that period where, like you know and, you know unfortunate to say it was kind of like a down like a down period for us like a real down period like after uh like the elite and everything left and AEW is just kind of warming getting real hot and like uh things are just kind of like at a, a rough patch for us and like i said i've been been here for like the past 10 years i've seen so many rough patches for us and we've always pulled through so it was just kind of uh one of those things but it, it felt really good to have everybody there and get a chance to talk like there was literally like a giant whiteboard of yeah. writing out everybody's ideas just kind of filtering through them. And you know, like like even one of the big ideas was catering. And uh, like that next month uh, at Final Battle in Baltimore, we had this amazing like catering spread. It was awesome. Uh, actually, we had uh, fun fact: we had like two catering things. They had to the bring them on their one, and also Mark Briscoe and his wife made deer chili for everybody. Oh, and I was, I've yeah, never had yeah.
0: deer chili.
1: Dude, it was dude, it was. It was good. It was really like Mark Risco. He had been telling us like a few months. He's like, "Oh yeah, I got this deer. Like I'm gonna make deer you find the bow." And we're like, "All right, go. Okay, cool." He brought it, brought a whole crock pot, and with his wife, they uh, you know, it was, it, it was tremendous, oh, absolutely tremendous.
0: I'm not a hunter, but I live in Kentucky, and I can tell you, when somebody kills a deer, they are all too excited to share it with literally everybody they know like <laughs> wait you live in kentucky, wait, live in kentucky? Uh, middle of nowhere yeah
1: for, i don't know for some reason i thought you lived in florida for some i feel like everybody uh, lives in florida well uh,
0: yeah yeah i mean it's a nightmare down there but yeah i live in between cincinnati yeah. and lexington hopefully pretty wow, soon okay. it's just lexington but yeah uh but yeah i mean when when somebody out here kills a deer they're like who can i share this with <laughs> yeah they're very yeah, proud of that it was
1: dude it was him and his wife like they made that deer chili it was it was fantastic so the
0: catering was good, but the,
1: uh, I give the edge to the Mark Briscoe, theater.
0: And, uh, I mean, I think ROA should be commended with how they handled the pandemic. Uh, they, oh, yeah. they. I mean, oh, yeah. it's still not safe, quote-unquote, but they, they waited a lot longer than a lot of other people did. They took all kinds of precautions and preventative measures. I mean, there were some big matches on pay-per-view that unfortunately had to be delayed. Like, EC3 and Jay Briscoe was a match I was very excited for, and they were like... You know, we could probably skate by. We could probably get away with a lot of yeah. this stuff, like a lot of other places did, but they didn't. And they, it's, it showed. I thought a, a really good. It was a really good indication that they cared about you guys.
1: No, uh, yeah, absolutely, like hundred uh, percent. Like they, they waited as long as possible, and they, they formed a, like they, they worked with the commission of Maryland, and just formed a plan and had like, like, hey, we're going to do the bubble. This is how we're going to do it. Here are precautions. Here's how testing is going to work. Here's how scheduling is going to work here's how things are gonna work with the arena here's how the setup's gonna work like they had everything so planned and figured out just to keep us uh safe and like that was you know like, like that was just incredibly awesome and it ended up working out and i think like like we like with the how we set up our arena and how we presented the especially the pure tournament how we presented it like very um more sports oriented i thought like in terms of no fans like tapings. I thought we were doing some of the best like in wrestling. I thought we just like, we figured out a way to kind of like shoot it and make and keep the energy up um, while not drawing to the, t- uh, not drawing attention to the fact that there's no fan noise and there's no crowd there. to So I thought we, we had a really good, I thought we did a really good job of like presenting that and yeah, they, they did uh they did an awesome job. Like I'm really happy that they, took those precautions and like you know i would talk to like people in like other companies and they would be like oh like they're just doing that's like safe base and they're just like you know they don't need to do all that it's just doing the safety. i'm like no man like like they're they're doing this to they're working with the commission they're trying to make this as safe as possible and then like you know like i hate to say it but we're like we're as far as i'm aware we're one of it's not the only company that, that didn't have at least like one
0: major outbreak like yeah. during the whole pandemic so. i i think that roh and mlw did the best at handling yeah. that stuff like like they were the safest without a doubt. So, Absolutely. I mean, I, I spoke to Jonathan Gresham recently and he has talked to me about like his contract resignings, all that. Like, are you under a full time deal? I know LSG wasn't signed at one point. I don't know if he mm-hmm. still is unsigned because I noticed you take a lot of indie dates as well.
1: So, they have like, it's kind of like two tiers. It's like kind of like mm-hmm. the salary, kind of like exclusive, like, hey, you can't take indie bookings or though, although I think now they're like, Especially with the pandemic, I think they've gotten a little bit more relaxed on that. Where like sure. where people like say like Gresham and like Shane Taylor are starting to kind of do more bookings and kind of like take their belts around like different indies as well. Um, and then there's kind of like the more per appearance side of things mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, you're per appearance, but you can also you're kind of have free reign to kind of go make money on the indies as well. So I'm in like that that latter tier right now.
0: So I mean, he has said he's like, man, I, I can't see myself going anywhere else. Like, how how are you feeling about your future? What kind of goals do you have within Ring of Honor, or maybe even outside?
1: Yeah, I I, I have been here for so long, and I've seen so many different changes. But I I love the vibe here. Like, I it's it's kind of weird. I, I guess in a way though, it's good and it's good and bad because I have like kind of like that bubble mentality where I'm like man i i started working in this company like so young and i literally have grown up here like i've yeah. grown up here from a teenager to like an adult now and i haven't had that experience of like all right i have to go kind of like like say i like, do like a w tryout or like go work for like other places or like kind of like try and like get my foot in the door other places it's like oh the ring of War has always been here and been the constant so like you know i this is why i consider home right now and like i I love it here. I, like I love the vibe. Like I love the people I work with. I love the locker room. Like it's just like this is just a family I've grown up with for the last few years. And there's been you know, some uh additions and subtractions, but I I always love like the vibe we have in the locker room. So like i currently, like I'm I'm happy here. I, like I enjoy regular ball. There's still so much I want to do here. Yeah. Uh, I still want to you know I want to win a title here. I want to like keep moving up the car. Like I, I want to. If I do leave Ring of Honor at some point, I don't want to just be a guy that was just like, oh, he was here for a bit and just kinda like left. I want to sure. be someone that has my name in that like history book in some capacity, uh, for Ring of Honor, whether whether it's like being the first time ever to like do something or like uh a champion or whatever it may be.
0: I mentioned Tokyo Dome and MSG, uh the I think it's the now arena now, the former Sears Center arena. It's another one you, you worked oh, yeah. you, did, you did it all in. Uh yeah. That was oh yeah. And I know that was, quite frankly, ROH had an awful lot to do with that show. Right. Uh, but what's it like knowing that this show, quite frankly, it did change wrestling? You're getting the call for that too. I mean, you're you're in there with just this eclectic group of entertainers <laughs> and wrestlers. It, was, it looked like it was a blast. It was, man. That was, holy crap, man. That was
1: wild. I, I think we all kind of had the same vibe like hey something like this is something like big right like I, like you know the show still out in like 10,000 tickets like 30 minutes yeah like, we were all like holy crap and then like just we were like just as we were in that we were like something this is game changing for wrestling but we didn't know like to what level it was like we knew like we like you know obviously like that was way before like AEW became a thing but we knew like something's evolving in wrestling. Like there's something like going on in wrestling that's changing and evolving. And I think everyone on that show like felt that. And that, that was special, man. That was uh that was that was awesome. man. we got that we got that cracker barrel catering too. That was pretty awesome.
0: Uh that's- did you did you <laughs> see
1: that uh the tweet I wrote the Ray Mysterio story I wrote from all in like a while back. No I
0: didn't. Please tell um, me this.
1: It was um uh see that main event they did that like incredible main event they pulled off in like eight minutes somehow it saved the pay per view. <laughs> um the if you watch that, I think the, the full match is up on like R, which YouTube, but like, uh, like, because you know, obviously the show's like very pressed for time, so it's like, all right, we gotta go, we gotta go. Like, we only have like 10 minutes to pull this main event off. Um, so if you watch the entrances, uh, Ray Mysterio's music starts playing, and like, everything's like discombobulated because, like, yeah, again, there's like so they're, they're very sure on time, so they're like, they're waiting for Ray, like Phoenix and Mandito. So Phoenix and Mandito, they just have to go out without Ray while Ray's music playing because, like, what happened backstage is like, Ray, like, he was, like, sitting backstage, and they're like, yo, we got to go, we got to go. So, Ray starts, like, running. You know, the, the arena's, like, huge. He starts running across the arena. He forgets his mask in the locker room. And he stops. as has to go. start around. Like, somehow, Ray Mysterio, of all people, forgot to bring his mask as he's running to Gorilla. He just has to turn. He sprints back, grabs his mask, comes back, sprints to Gorilla, has to pin it little has to tie it, and comes out the curtain. Like, he, he did, like, three wind sprints back and forth before he even went out to the ring. <laughs>
0: Oh my Dude, god! It was
1: wow. He was just racing across the arena. I'm, I'm like, how did Ray Mysterio, of all people forget
0: his mess? That is unreal. And I mean yeah. that that show was already short on time anyway. Cause... Yeah. So so Ray's entrance ended up being like five minutes
1: because like it, like they Vincent Mandito are waiting and they just go out and they go out and then like a minute later Ray finally comes out.
0: Unreal, because I remember the, the Okada Marty match, like everybody was like, Man, that went way, way over. Yeah, and then was, this uh, happened. Yeah. Oh no. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, going over time. It was uh so I mean wrestling obviously, though. Obviously, that was the catalyst for AEW, and you we've seen all the forbidden door stuff. We we've seen all that, but we haven't necessarily seen ROH get involved as much, but they have shown that they are willing to work with other companies in the past and it was actually, I think it was probably late 2019, early 2020, it was somebody from Ring of Honor that like told me on the low, they were like, these companies get along a lot better than you would realize. And right. I couldn't have possibly fathomed how it is now. But I mean, I think we're looking at 2022, if like AEW and Impact and ROH and New Japan and any one of these Mexican promotions run a show together, I think they're selling out forty, fifty thousand 50,000 seats. Oh, I mean yeah. What what do you look at as the possibilities of this, being a guy that has navigated those political waters an awful lot between companies?
1: I uh, man, like, I just feel like the more people in wrestling can work together, like, the better it is, especially, you know, going up against, like, a, a giant, like, WWE, you know, like, just the more, like, all of us can, like, it doesn't have to be, like, hey, like, a full thing, but even it's just, like, a little, like, Dip here and there, like you know, one person from here goes here, one person from there goes there, you know, one person here, you know, maybe one person here wins a belt here and defends it around these other yeah. companies. Like, I just think that's better and healthy for wrestling. Uh, I think at the start, they're probably like a little like heart feelings, but now I think it's just kind of like all like just, I think it's kind of like very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, just like there's like, I think there's like that, that like animosity world's at the very beginning. Um, I think, uh, I, I do think like if the right person kind of made that approach like ring of honor and sure. aw and all these other companies could like possibly work together i think it just takes the right person kind of making the right argument and talking yeah. to the right people on the, on the right day when they're in the right mindset uh and i think you know things can just progress from there but man i would i would love if we could work together at some of these other companies like i miss like man I, I just miss working with like all my friends that like had like the left like with the aw and sure. like people that i know that like like. You know, I, I love having the around in, like, the Ring of Honor locker room, but now he's got AEW, and I, uh, you know, miss having him around. Like, so just getting a chance to, like, work with all these people that, like, uh, you know, I like being around would be fantastic. That's, never... that's my selfish reason for wanting to open the forbidden door, wanting to work with all my friends again.
0: <laughs> you never know what might be the catalyst. I mean, I know New Japan had some real disdain for Impact, regardless of oh, what yeah. they were. Impact, yeah. TNA, GFW – I had Davey Boy Smith Jr saying that he asked to work Impact and they're like, "No, Jeff Jarrett screwed us over." And yep. he was oh, like, yeah. he was like, "Man, he's been gone for years." Yeah. He's like, "He's yeah.
1: in WWE now." And that's the real forbidden door, man. Impact in New Japan. That was like a a real like I know. tense relationship for years.
0: I mean, TNA switching their title without even telling like like the tag titles without even telling New Japan. I mean, there, <laughs> there, the Okada stuff, there was all kinds of things. Then oh, all man. of a sudden they're like, "Hey, yeah, we want Chris Bay to work strong and it's it, it seemed like it opened it opened people up and it yeah. relaxed a lot of people." So, it's like, but well, you send a guy like Chris Bay over there, he's going to impress somebody. You never know what the catalyst might be to rebuilding a bridge and it's a special time in wrestling and uh, CB, I want to thank you so much. You've given me so much of your time, almost 45 minutes. I and mean, this is the first time we've talked on camera, so I had a lot of stuff to ask you about and I'm going to save some stuff for the next time, even
1: yeah, we, we've only uh, I think we first like started talking just through Janelle's Zone, I think probably.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah
1: uh, See, yeah, I was I, I was putting that.
0: respect on Nasty Leroy's name in the Janelle Zone. Oh man, those were the days. Early pandemic, <laughs> just Janella going live like for like
1: three hours every night,
0: starving for content. <laughs>
1: just like, oh man,
0: how can I be entertained?
1: <laughs> I miss those days, man. Just like. Janella's on every day and then we all were introduced to Nasty Leroy. I'm enjoying that. Do we go live? man.
0: real man. Well, you guys can check out uh ROH. It's it's so easy to watch their show. You can go over to their website, you can check your lo- local listings, obviously Honor Club. a uh, World Famous C B. Anything you want to tell the people before we go?
1: Uh, you know, thank thank you everyone for supporting me. Uh I really appreciate it. Like from cheeseburger to world famous C B. Uh it's been a long journey, a hard journey. Um, but you know, there's so much more I have left to accomplish so much more I want to accomplish, uh, whether it's in the ring or like as a trainer, like with my school, like I just want to keep progressing upward and making wrestling better
0: guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in CB. Thank you so much for all the time until next time, guys, we're out